Good morning. I hope you all are well and warm and having a good new year. I want to read this morning from Jeremiah 31, verses 7 through 14. This is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. May your praises, may your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble. Because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and herds. They will be like a well-watered garden, and they will sorrow no more. Then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. Let's pray today. Father, we are awed by your glory. We thank you this morning for life and for the opportunity to be here together. Father, we thank you for our church, for the the things that the that that we as the church can do to help the community. Father, we are grateful for the, for the reassurance that you are with us, that you love us, that you are taking care of us. And Father, we are so grateful for this. We thank you for this worship time. And we are grateful, most of all, for Jesus. We pray that you'll help us to serve you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Feel free to stop the recording now and worship the Lord. Next up, I'll be reading Psalm 147, verses 12 through 20. Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. 
Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the water flows. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time we have to come and worship you. Lord, during these hard times, we pray for comfort and healing. It's during these hard times, it's scary, but I know that as long as we continue to believe in you, that you will protect us. Thank you, Lord, for always continuing to look after us, even when we don't acknowledge it. And we thank you for your son who died on the cross, allowing our sins to be forgiven. And in his name we pray. Amen. Feel free to stop the recording now and worship the Lord. Good morning, church. Let me admit something to you. I have trouble trusting people who give advice from afar. I like people that get their hands dirty and get down in the trenches. When someone gets involved, they seem more credible to me. So consider the COVID-19 vaccine. You hear of various groups that are nervous about it, uh, and I like what many leaders have done. They have publicly taken the vaccine with cameras watching. Vice President Pence, President-elect Biden, Dr. Fauci, and former Presidents Obama, Bush, Clinton, they've all offered to do the same. They're not just telling others what they should do, they're willing to do it themselves and to do it publicly. I struggle with people who tell me to do something, but they've never done it themselves. Maybe they're even unwilling to do it themselves. <laughs> Think about it. Have you ever had a boss that asked you to do something that they'd never done? Have you ever had a manager who gave you advice on something they actually knew nothing about, but they refused to admit it? I think back uh, over the course of two summers going through college, I worked as a helper in electrical construction, and I loved the owner of that company. He, he was also an elder at my church, and he was a licensed electrician himself, and he had worked up every level of construction himself. So you could pretty much know for certain that whatever he asked you to do, he had done it at some point himself. And I remember one project... It was a big project for this company, and it had gotten behind one of those summers. And so one Saturday, they had an all-hands-on-deck effort. All the employees came on this Saturday to catch up the work. Uh, they all got increased pay because it was a Saturday. And I remember he was out there with everyone else, with all the employees working, trying to get this project caught up. And I've never forgotten that. He was not afraid to get his own hands dirty and he was not afraid to get involved. This is the story of the Incarnation. That word, Incarnation, 
It's the word we use when we talk about Jesus coming to earth in human skin. So kids, incarnation is a big word. It's the word we use to talk about Jesus coming to earth in human skin. Jesus, the Son of God, was not afraid to get his hands dirty. In Jesus, God was intimately involved with creation. So our gospel reading this morning is John chapter 1, 1 through 18. John chapter 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is God's word. The doctrine of the Incarnation is a core doctrine. It's a first-tier belief. So recently we talked about the importance of the virgin birth and how this shows the miracle of Mary's pregnancy and Jesus' birth. And this is on the same level. Jesus is both human and divine. Jesus is God, and that has so much meaning. Jesus is human, meaning he understands our lives in an authentic way. I want to really quickly reread those first five verses because there's so much power. Listen to this again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind, all humankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus was with God at the beginning. Okay, so Jesus has always been. Jesus is eternal. So Jesus is begotten, but not created. Okay, so Jesus is begotten in that God came to earth in the skin of Jesus, in the flesh of Jesus, through the pregnancy and the birth story. So Jesus is begotten in that way, but Jesus was never created. Jesus has always been, so he's begotten but not created. Jesus, as God, has always been and is the Son of God. And this Son language, this familial language, shows us the communal nature of God. Okay, So it shows 
how God could come to earth and still be in heaven, the omnipresence of God. So God's in heaven, God's also on earth. God exists as one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. Through Jesus, all things were made. Jesus is the agent of creation. Jesus created the world. So we can say God created the world. We can also say Jesus created the world. And when it comes to the origins of the universe and the origins of humanity, the essential truth is this. It all came from Jesus. However it happened, God did it. When we explore how the world works and how it formed, it's a way of coming to know God. The study of the creation helps us know the Creator. As we dig deeper, as we follow the path of knowledge, this gospel tells us where it's all going to lead. It's all going to lead to Jesus. The incarnation teaches us that the physical realm is important, and this is crucial. God as spirit entered into the physical. God and Jesus fused the physical and the spiritual together. So we should take pause when we encounter forms of Christianity or other religions or philosophies that separate the body from the mind or the body from the spirit. Jesus shows us that the physical and the spiritual should exist in cohesion. So one of the earliest Christian heresies known as Gnosticism centered on de-emphasizing the physical and the material, seeing it as all bad and working to liberate the spirit from the evil body. And Christians, Christians combated that heresy by pointing to the Incarnation. Today, we sometimes see forms of Christianity that seem to only want spiritual liberation from this painful world, and I understand that sentiment, but it's heresy. Christ has taught us not Say that again. Christ has not taught us spiritual escapism, but complete spiritual and physical redemption, the reconciliation of all things in the new heavens and the new earth. It's not about escaping from the physical to embrace a spiritual reality. It's about reconciling everything. Our future will be physical and spiritual, just like just like Jesus was physical and spiritual. And all that I know is a bit heady. I confess I don't completely understand it all. But I do understand this next part. This next part makes sense. And it's beautiful. The incarnation shows us a God that took the initiative and came to us. When we could not go to God, God came to us. Jesus came to rescue us and live among us. And that is a wonderful thing to behold. So recently a friend asked me this question. JP, what's your answer to this common question? Why didn't God just forgive us of our sins and say, you're forgiven? Why did God send Jesus to live among us and to die on the cross? Why do it that way? What was the reason? I love that question. I mean, it's such a good question. I've thought a lot about it. I confess it's hard to put it into words at times, and like other things, part of it I don't truly understand. I won't go into my complete response to that, but I will say this. Instead of forgiving us from afar, God came to us to show us a powerful part of the divine nature. This is who God is. God takes initiative. God takes what looks like risk to us. God practices solidarity. God values the creation, especially humans. 
God loves us. And what better way is there to show love than to get involved, to get your hands dirty? And so I think that's that's one of the answers to that question. Why did God choose to do it this way? To reveal this part of the, of the divine nature that God is a God that gets involved. Family, let me be honest. If I lived in heaven, I don't think I'd want to come live here. It would be hard to come to this realm if you lived in the heavenly realm. We've run out of adjectives uh, for the year 2020. Uh, The list of heartaches, it, it got so long. And just as we were ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus and move on to a new year, our city had one more chaotic, painful, large scale event. And I grieve for so many. It's been so much for emergency responders, healthcare workers, law enforcement, local government. It's all just so sad, and we pray for everyone affected. And part of me just keeps thinking, who would want to come here? And the answer to that is Jesus. Jesus wanted to come here. Jesus came to us because Jesus loves us. Jesus' response to pain and suffering is always first and foremost this. Jesus walks towards it. (laughs) And if you think about it, the human response often to pain and suffering is to to kind of take one step back, ascertain the situation. And some of that may seem wise at times, but notice Jesus' instinct is always, I'm going to walk towards it. Jesus enters in. Jesus practices solidarity. For Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And this should bring us great comfort and joy. The incarnation, it's one of the most exciting things we can ever contemplate. We are not alone. God came to us. The other day, I was in the van with my two youngest daughters, and Amy Grant was on the radio, and it was her song, God is With Us. If you've never listened to it, I encourage you to pull it up and listen to it. Over and over throughout the song, she sings this line, which I find to be one of the most powerful explanations of what the Incarnation means. She sings, God is in us, God is for us, God is with us, Emmanuel. I love that. I think that's what the Incarnation means. God came in Jesus so that God would ultimately dwell inside of us. Mary's the forerunner of all this, so that we might all become pregnant with God, so to speak. God inside of us. And God is for us. God is on our side. Now, to be clear, that sentiment could be abused. We can't pursue evil and claim God's on our side. God is not for our impure or unjust deeds. But overall, God's rooting for us. God finds value in us. God wants what's best for us. So so in that spirit, we can say God is for us. And God wants to be with us. I can't think of anything more joyful than that. As Amy Grant ended the song, I I remember saying out loud as we were driving, Wow, that's a powerful song. And my youngest responded, Dad, that's my favorite Christmas song I've ever heard. (laughs) And when it comes to the Christian faith, that may be my favorite truth. God is with us. And this truth should shape our lives. Jesus is not just our Lord and Savior, although he certainly is. Jesus is our example. So just as Jesus walked towards suffering, we should go towards people in pain. Just as Jesus got his hands dirty, we should get our hands dirty. Just as Jesus got involved, we should should get involved. And in this way, be like Jesus.
If you think about it, the people who demonstrate Christ the most are those who understand this. We see the face of Jesus in those who get involved and walk towards hurting. Those who join in make a greater difference than those who try to help from afar. So, for example, I remember hearing an interview with a longtime minister at a church in downtown Minneapolis. And this growing church had a, had a great reputation that all kinds of ministries, all kinds of outreach efforts, all kinds of th- wonderful things in the community. And when they had a ministry opening on their staff, they always received lots of resumes. A lot of people wanted to work with this church. They had this rule, though. To work at their church, you had to live downtown in the neighborhood by the church. And time and time again, a candidate interviewed and wanted to work there. Everything looked great. But they'd balk at living downtown. They wanted to live in the suburbs and drive in. And they asked if that requirement could be waived. And every time, the church leaders would say, Nope. To minister to this neighborhood, you have to live in this neighborhood. And that sounds a lot like Jesus to me. That sounds a lot like the Incarnation. I think of Emily and Jason in Tanzania. They've been there, what, 10 years or more? And when you talk to them, they don't seem to have an exit strategy. They have made Tanzania their home. I think of Snazana, Byron, Hai, and Guatemala. Their ministry there goes back, what, 15 years or more? And it's the same thing. They don't seem to have an exit strategy. Guatemala is their home. Like Jesus, they have moved into the neighborhood. They got involved. And we see this theme over and over again. The people who seem to reflect Christ the most follow his example of being among the hurting. I think of some of the great Christian examples of the past century, Dorothy Day or Mother Teresa, and it's what they did. They lived among those they were called to serve. They understood that if you love someone, you go to them. You live among them. The greatest gift we can give someone is our faithful presence. After all, it's what Jesus gave to us. So this morning, and this week, and this season, let us celebrate the gift of the Incarnation. Let us rejoice that God came to us. And as Amy Grant sings, God is in us, God is for us, God is with us, Emmanuel. Let us never forget, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Please take a moment to uh, to worship God and to prepare your hearts and minds uh, for communion. In our communion thoughts, we'll focus on the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In this beautiful recounting of the birth of Christ, we see Christ described in many ways. That he is the Word, and that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that we, as creations of the Word, had not seen God at any time until Christ, the only begotten God, came and explained the Father to us. What a beautiful passage. My favorite verse by far is verse 3. Remember, when I read verse 3, that him is Jesus Christ. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. What a powerful verse. 
You see, Christ didn't come into being two millennia ago. Christ was not created. Jesus Christ is the creator. Jesus Christ created you and me. Jesus Christ became flesh so that he could dwell among us and explain the Father to us. Jesus Christ is king of the universe. This all-powerful, all-knowing God chose you and me to have communion with today. Let's put that in our forethoughts and in our minds as we approach this communion table today and ask blessing on the bread and the cup. There will be a pause after the first prayer so that you can continue to ready yourself for communion. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity for communion with you in your family, in your kingdom, the church. Father, we are unworthy to stand before you, and we are thankful for your magnificence, your awe, your wonder, and your wisdom. Father, we are most thankful for your forgiveness, which allows us to stand before you and to sit at this table. Father, we ask that you continue to bless us with that forgiveness as we remember Jesus Christ in this meal. It's in his name that we ask this prayer. Amen. Let us continue to ask blessing for the cup. Heavenly Father, thank you for this cup. Thank you for its part in the meal as we remember Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness that the blood of his sacrifice provided. Father, you are marvelous. You are wonderful. Your forgiveness allows us to stand before you and approach your throne through this prayer, and we are most grateful to be called your family and your church. It is through our King and your sacrifices, blessed name, that we ask this prayer. Amen. Today I'll be reading... Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, and the accordance with the richness of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven, and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, 
the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. All right, let us pray. As we close this meeting, we ask you, Lord, to walk with us everywhere we go. Help us to keep your word in our hearts that we may not sin against you. Through Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. This is the first Sunday of 2021. We have finally left 2020 behind. Hallelujah. If you have a glass of water, milk, or juice, or a mug of coffee or tea, raise them up and toast the new year. 2020 has obviously been tough for the world at large with COVID first and foremost, but also with extreme weather. Here in Nashville, we had the tornadoes in March that cost people their lives, and we ended the year with a bomb going off downtown. A bomb that could have killed people if not for the vigilance and heroism of a couple of police officers. So with the clock hitting midnight on January 1st has no metaphysical power to start fresh and is purely symbolic, there were several reasons to be optimistic about the new year. Okay, all that aside, let's look to the future. Namely, birthdays this week, and there are a lot. Today, January the 3rd, Amy Allison and Paul Spivey share a birthday. On January the 5th, Tuesday, Anna Marie Knapp shares a birthday with Sophia Martin, who turns the big 1-1. The next day, January 6th, is John Deloney's turn, and then on Thursday, January the 7th, Gallia Britton has a birthday. And we have one anniversary. Anna and I have our 22nd, which absolutely cannot be right. That, along with the news that DJ turned 18 last Tuesday, is just more confirmation that I'm getting old. Exciting news to share regarding Lily Beatty making second chair bass clarinet in the MTS BOA Mid-State Silver Band. Congratulations, Lily. We also have several people to continue praying for. Marianne Corley has her third cancer treatment coming up. She did send an email to the Google group regarding needing to get a negative COVID test first, so keep that in your prayers, as well as for Jade to stay well and test negative soon. Let's continue to pray for Christy Wagner's mom and for full recovery from her stroke, as well as her dad and the rest of her family. And let's continue to pray for the many people that we know that have struggled with illness, job loss, and just outright stress that this past crazy year has wrought. We all have either been in those shoes or know people that have. Let's also pray for the new administration as they will have to confront a lot so early on. And that is all that I have. I recorded this on Wednesday morning, so new news might have come out in the meantime. But as always, stay safe and God bless. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, a podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.